0: Movie. I'm directing this fucking movie, you son of a bitch.
1: Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef.
2: It's one fucking hour time. Of course. This is the show where we talk about one goddamn movie. Uh, we only have one fucking hour to do it. What the fuck is to my right? Who the hell is that? Who do we got over there? <laughs> yeah, who's that guy? Who the I think we got a guest. Is that the fucking director? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: All right. It is live. Right,
3: Victor Janos.
2: <laughs> Victor Janos is here uh welcome sir uh, no fuck that shit <laughs> all right um i'm evan husney uh, of course and uh joined to us this is a very special episode very excited uh but first let's uh, introduce the usuals we got to my left here mr tom fitzgerald what's going on big t
1: heidi hi everybody uh pretty exciting a title we knew we'd get around to someday and it's time has come
2: it's time is here and we got as usual mr marcus herring marcus
0: what's up everybody good to be here i'm just super stoked about our uh mystery fourth guest being here so
2: yes yeah long time coming of course yeah, uh yeah all the way from new zealand uh we got uh <laughs> aunt timpson Aunt, what's going on man how are you
3: oh man i have i've peaked a fi- i'm pairing on one fucking hour it's been a lifelong dream and ah.
1: <laughs>
2: Please. next
3: to meeting Chaz ballon it's about as oh. high as you can go in the uh and horror them so and filmed them right, right, right. so thank you wow that's that is a <laughs> hey, big time compliment our, thank our, thank our, it. yeah. It's our uh, pleasure
2: yeah welcome it's been like two years in the making Uh we've wanted you on this program so uh pretty fucking sweet you okay. kept
3: doing mm-hmm. sorry for interrupting I'm such a terrible podcaster but you we you you kept doing all the films I wanted to do like 2, one two three I had like so many we connections with films you've blown. So now we're we're at the baseline, man. We're starting with loads, which is pretty much ground zero for (laughs) for, loads. We didn't (laughs) do Pelham. Pure horror. we we didn't do
1: Pelham. We could do it. We could do Pelham. We haven't thrown that out there. We didn't actually do it.
3: Yeah,
2: you did French Connection. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. Should we do it right now? now? It'd be great. Should
2: we do it right the fuck right now? Should we go right? Motherfucking goddamn! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here we go. (laughs) All right, all right. Pelham. That's right. Motherfucking Pelham. All right. No, tonight, of course. Is the last week for one fucking Tober, which is our horror movie, Marathon Blitz. And man, this is the headliner, man. This is the OzFest main stage fucking program here. (laughs) We're getting into uh, with our good friend Ant one fucking hour on loads, or as Roger Watkins would say, one goddamn hour on the last house on Dead End Street. Uh, Very Mm -hmm. excited Mm -hmm. about that. But let's introduce the people to Ant, man, because yeah. Uh, Ant Man, Ant Man, right? You are Ant Man, right? No, um, because I had a very fun. Just real quick, I had a very. F- I've known Ant for fucking over ten years now. You know, it's yeah. it's amazing. Same, Same. ten yeah.
3: longer yeah. than that, longer.
2: Me longer or yeah, Ooh, long.
3: definitely longer than ten. Okay, what year are we in?
2: Yeah, you're right. Actually, oh, yeah, you're right. Longer, probably 12, yeah. 13 years. So, okay, I have this vivid memory. Uh, which is amazing of the meet like the powerhouse meeting of the cinematic titan forces between Tom and Aunt when those worlds collided. I was a witness to which was incredible because it was at the <laughs> yeah, theater right, in L.A. Right. and I just remember seeing you guys oh. meet, but you didn't um, like quite. You're just like, oh hi Tom, Aunt, Tom, Aunt, and then okay. as the conversation <laughs> went on, <I> this. <laughs> you realized who you guys like your secret oh. idea. Like, oh, you were. Groovalu- like you were groovistic quick fix machine on the uh, on like a zine circuit you know or right. whatever and you yeah, figured out I each remember. other's like pen names back in the bootleg right. magazine yeah. like fucking one ad days incredible because <laughs> yeah. it's from all the way list, around the world list days the list days right so I, that was incredible <laughs> to see you guys figure out what 25 years later like your pen names it, from. you know
3: it's like it's yeah. like when, when two drug dealers meet on a street and they've got that weird thing. It's like boot, when two bootleggers meet on a the street, yes. they get the they get the glint in the eye and yes. they can tell they can they can tell the other person to read straight away. So that's how it right. was. It yeah. It all started coming together.
1: That's right. I think you guys... saw my, my, my tattoo that says watchable because that was the big word back in the day i was daddy watchable
2: oh daddy
1: and i was slinging those tapes all right let's stop (laughs) that's right tom was a tom
2: was a tom was a was a tape trader aunt was a tape trader and they had you know names like daddy watchable and that's how and they identified each other in that (laughs) moment and it was i one of my favorite moments ever so
1: that's great yeah i I do remember that now Yeah, yeah yeah
2: that was awesome amazing um so anyway now here we are and here we are and ant of course man i've known you you know th- obviously through the you know draft house uh s- film circles you know all the film festivals we've walked in and out of movies together which is great <laughs> and um, walk out <laughs> yeah, reboot walk out um but man it's been great man well, so yeah go ahead oh i also you you remember- give-
3: you're known as my unofficial son as well. Remember,
2: that's right. We we did go to a party okay. at South by, and uh, someone who was checking the list to see if we were on it was like, "Oh, is this your dad?" And uh, <laughs> that's always been, "Oh, it's your dad," fun. and that's always was fun. Fucking yeah,
3: fucking killed me. Yeah, I was so depressed.
2: I'd be very happy if you're yeah. my dad, though. So it's totally cool. Um, yeah, and there's that, but also we, we've had many like you know inebriated film conversations where you know when I was a young pretentious 20 something you know and you were like you know looking at me like who the fuck is this kid like you gotta right. you gotta earn your fucking stripes you gotta do the hot yards in order to like to, to like a film like uh, Last House on Dead End Street like hot you yards. know <laughs> <the> hot yards <laughs> Uh, so uh, anyway so it's, it's been a long time well coming. isn't
3: it funny that argument that we had that that erupted on um, b- in Austin it and big. it was late late night and there was a few other miscreants around but it was an argument about the clickability of uh, instantaneous gratification of like right. what used to be obscure and, and hidden treasures and I was railing against those and I hated Losing the nostalgia of the treasure hunt, the right. search yeah. and the hunger right. Right. and the satiation right. Right. when you finally find something. And right. The hard yards yeah. you had to do, yeah. the appreciation grew. Right. Now, I literally fucking clicked. One click, I went to Tubi and watched loads. Yeah, like, I know. That right. <laughs> up. No, Nothing, know. just well, like listen, boom.
1: We should start the hour because, I mean, that's part of what I was going to bring up yeah. with specifically Last House. Right. Um. In And, and um, to me, it's it's a very for especially for a lot of reasons but it's one of those movies where it's like it's there was a time when it was definitely a magical mystical object yeah. and even just witnessing it was a big deal With yeah. the, the Spanish subtitles from the Venezuelan Venezuelan multi-gen mm-hmm. dub and all that stuff and I, I I yeah I'd love to endeavor in that because we I guess I'm saying there's a 90s experience I had with the film and there's like a 2000s experience
2: right I right and he's and mad. and I've now that I'm you know well into my you know we're getting almost to 40 here i'm uh, I, i'm now on team ant you know with that argument i totally get it you know the thrill of the hunt i mean you were like do you know what i had to do to, to see fetus you know like the shit i had to go through to see fetus you know or whatever i was like i get it man i
1: get it uh yeah.
2: settle down all right so anyway that's ant and obviously marcus you know ant from the austin circle, right right uh, so.
0: yeah we met at the out we met at the draft house too through that crew and, so this, uh, is, this is Austin the Austin King. yeah, yeah. I, I think like 09 or something like that so Ooh,
2: Marcus wow says it's all
3: beat again right. here we go <laughs> um, so. the, the glory the glory days right those Austin days There was yeah, right. really good time yeah, I think the Ritz there. was
0: like new then they just kind of recently opened up that theater there crazy. I think right I don't that's, so know, crazy. that's my memory but and this yeah. is yeah, I'm, I'm so,
3: so hazy then. Lars was still around yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah mm-hmm. shout out Lars um, on the show yep
2: Um, All right. Well, shall we fuck real quick before we get into the fucking episode? Just real quick, shout out, plug two things. One is Marcus Tom. You guys' last live show is this coming week on October thirty first, Halloween, live and in the flesh, one more time at the Philosophical Research Society. Right? Uh huh.
1: That's us. They still haven't kicked us out. (laughs) Um, We had a big night last night. Oh yeah. And yeah, if you're if you're in. uh, if you're in the state of California, you should come. Uh, you know, If you're on the west side of America, you should come. West side. Uh, yeah, we're having a big thing. Actually, it's a special thing. It's um an audio video set, DJ cut chemist. You might know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic 5, he works with DJ Shadow a lot, and they do super complicated, like world-class scratching and all that stuff. He's a Marvel live, and he and myself have been doing this for about a dozen years or more, actually, 15 years. Wow. Jesus. Uh, and uh, doing a live set where I live trigger visuals, in the same manner that he as a DJ triggers the Ugh. Sonics. And uh, we love doing it's really fun. We haven't done it in five years. So we're bringing the band, getting the band back together, yeah. doing it. And that's happening on the 31st. And that's sort of the uh, the, the tentpole part of this otherwise just kind of a groovy, freak-out party, costume ball thing we're doing. Halloween
2: um, party. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, If you don't have any big Halloween plans or if you want to go to something before you go somewhere else or you went somewhere and you want to come yeah. to something later, Check us out. It's a Philosophical Reef Society, AXP TV. Check us out till they kick us out. That's what
2: that's I right. said. And a
0: bunch of fans from the channel have been showing, you know, of, of OFH have been showing up, and we've yeah. been having a blast hanging out with them, that's too. Right. So. There's been a couple, yeah. So if you want to see Tom
2: and Marcus live, you know what to do. Get in the description. Click the ticket link, yeah. and you can check them out. On Halloween, man, that's fucking sick um and real quick shout out to the patreon one fucking hour patreon uh patreon.com slash one fucking hour if you like what we're doing here talking about movies you want to see us doing that more uh it's the best way to support the show uh right now we just uploaded and get a load of this our audio commentary track on holy mountain the three of us just did whoa so that's pretty fucking fun that was a good time uh And we just posted a bonus episode, uh, kind of a companion piece to last week's Reboot Walkout episode, uh, which is getting into the horror movie Guilty Pleasures, our horror movie Guilty Pleasures. The horror movies we are ashamed to admit that we actually like. Uh, Marcus has uh, joined me for that, uh, along with two of my good friends, Joey Izzo um, and David Chen.
0: And so the the movie I'm talking about, which turns 20 years old this year, is... (laughs) Eli Roth's Cabin Fever. Oh, oh, wow! wow. Oh, wow. Should feel bad about that one. <laughs>
2: uh, guilty. So they're going to be on yes. talking about uh, literally some of the most. I I have a little. Some of the shit they brought up, man. Ooh. Sounds
1: fun. Oh well, yeah, Too guilty for me. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, the board has fired me, so this is my last. Well, thing, you're so. too busy working on the <laughs> Halloween. Enjoy option. it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Have Fun.
2: I, yeah. I, was, I was thinking, I don't think Tom has any horror movie guilty pleasures. All right. Anyway. Um,
1: that is a good point yes. that I don't... No shame in my game. That's yeah, what I right. was saying. So he walked Let's right start. out of this Let's hit episode. that clock. All right. We're going to do it.
2: Okay. Here we go. I'm going to get the clock ready to go. Um, and here we go. Boom. All right. Just a quick little synopsis. Uh, synopsis action on this movie. I don't even know if there really is a synopsis for this movie. There is. There's a lot. I mean, there is. Ish. There is. I'm gonna, I'll, yeah. This is the... Actually... Yeah shout out this is the back of the barrel dvd man tom oh let's show know. it oh man the fucking barrel dvd bear witness to the show 2002 the release <laughs> oh. on burl burl barrel. entertainment show the front uh,
1: i was very excited when i got this because and we'll get into this, the you know, whole journey DVD with this ever. film and how I didn't I couldn't imagine that this would even ever exist. Oh, you know, but so here it wow. is.
2: Oh, the best DVD ever. All right. So here we go. Uh, in the winter of 1972, a young filmmaker named Roger Watkins began work on what is commonly referred to as the most vile and disgusting film ever made. Under the pseudonym Victor Janos, uh, Watkins wrote, directed, and produced, and starred in The Last House on Dead End Street, a.k.a. The Cuckoo Clocks of Hell, which I'm sure we'll get into. Roger Watkins stars as Terry Hawkins, a down-and-out pornographer, fresh out of prison. Disgusted by the world around him, he begins uh, work on a series of snuff films targeting the very society that put him away. And uh, just want to also include a quick little quote from Watkins about his intentions on making the film. Uh, he says, quote, Americans love violence and the way they should perhaps love sex, but I'm not moralizing with this picture. It's not making a sociological statement. I'm interested only in the dark side of the personality. This picture is pure horror. It's not any more complicated than that. Um, so that is the movie. Uh, let's kick it off to Ant, though. Uh, Ant, do you have any sort of fun origin story with how you first came across this? Uh, any hard yards that you uh, traveled for this? Yeah,
3: hard yards. I mean, <laughs> yeah, loads Love fits yard. in with that whole realm of, you know, notorious films that you heard about. And I think the, the first time was in an obscure um, horror compendium of titles. And I just saw it like a list. Maybe it was an AFI catalog or something like that that I used to obsessively pore over. And then it was Weldon's book in about 83, at the end of 83, it came out, I think. And I remember seeing that, and it had the poster, which was like a revelation. Well,
1: I was just going to say, not to interrupt you, but to add to it, it's like, if you remember the last uh, sentence of his very brief write-up in the Psychotronic Encyclopedia, which is…
3: Which is… can you even find, find someone to admit they've seen it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <Right>. So, <laughs> and I went, uh, check mark.
3: Yeah. Check mark. Yeah. <laughs> Must see. Yeah. So it, yeah, it became instantly up that list of like, um, you know, films we had to track down and living in the ass end of the world. It was tough for me. And that's why I started a fanzine mm. in the, in the uh, mid eighties, mid really just to connect with all these tape traders and fanzine editors around the world. And I made connections with all these European guys and, and um, and US and UK collectors. Um, and then through that, I f- remember getting a first copy of um, of Last House and it was very much that fifth generation, Possibly fifth or sixth, the dub. Oh, yeah. wow. Who knows? It depends on who you got it from, really. How close to the source of the original Venezuelan print was? It was actually a TV screening that was wow. recorded, I think, Wait,
2: and Venezuelan? then like a cable TV,
3: cable TV <laughs> screening of it in Venezuela that became a dub. Wow. And Video Search in Miami had it then. After that, mm-hmm. and they had a terrible. I can't believe they charged money for their shit that Dude. they used to put out. But <laughs> it, it, was, was it was on it, par it was, with all their stuff. Okay.
1: The quality, yeah, okay. The part.
3: Look, this is. These are the days when they were listed in Leonard Moulton as a uh, reputable yeah. source. B S O M. Wow. So, um, yes, yeah, to Tom Weiser, and as he, I think his company spread it really far and wide, and that's why it, it suddenly became, wow. you know, from an obscure rarity that people had just heard about and being one of those films you had to s- seek. Uh, the, then everyone sort of had it, but they had that terrible, terrible quality, and then because the limited runs of the first Sun release classics, and there was multiple versions of that on mm. VHS, they, they had honestly disappeared pretty quickly during the video nasty period. Right. Um. Mm. And the Australian release was like, you know, literally 20 copies or less. It was kind of crazy Jeez. how small these runs were. Jeez. So that's why they fetch, they fetch such huge prices. But that was kind of my connection. I saw it like that. And then years later... Um, and I look to be honest, I, I was I think I was on acid when I first watched that VHS fifth generation dub. And wow. with a with with a couple of friends. And the and the film really like there's only been a few times in my life where I have got the the heebie jeebies, like really yeah. like something's something's wrong with this film. It feels like the people who've made it are really dark individuals that I'm sure are up to some fucked up stuff off camera yes um it had that weird thing for a while where people thought it was from europe right because the dubbing was so out of certain so off i thought i'd seen the last of you hiya bill old buddy
1: don't old buddy me i still remember how you ran out on me with all my film
3: <laughs> how'd it come out anyway that's what i'm here to talk to you about um, right. and the and the pseudonyms were so weird and it felt like it was from some far dark recesses of Eastern Europe where life is cheap. And so it it, it, yeah. it kind of that was that was my impression when I was watching this thing and I was like the only other time I ever felt that bad was when we saw the first screening of Man Behind the Sun in a cheese sleazy yeah. Chinatown oh. theater where Whoa. freaking Brutal. real autopsy footage popped up and then all that yeah. horrible shit and yeah. we had just heard a sense that threw up. And that's why we raced down in taxis and mm-hmm. watched that film. And so th- there's only been a few times where I've felt compelled, like, I don't know how far this is going to go. Right. This is super disturbing. Yeah. What's around the corner? So that, that was my first, yeah. first, that was the first time I watched it. It was under duress yeah. and. It really became something I didn't want to watch again for a long time because I didn't want to mess with that memory because it was like,
1: oh yeah, yeah. it
3: had just become it had instantly become a, a, a what I felt like is one of the purest, greatest horror films of all time up with with Texas Chainsaw, it, right alongside it. And, and when I hear it, people saying it's amateurish and cheap and you know lousy, it's just like, well, you didn't have that experience that I had because right. it, it 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 was something from. From the nether regions yeah. of, of dark filmmaking, you, you weren't
2: you weren't you weren't tripping on acid watching a Venezuelan dub of this uh, experience. Um, but also, it's the
0: an experience sounds very video drum almost. That, you yes, know. I was well, thinking. I was going to yes. bring that up. Shout out. Well, it's, to, especially because it's that yeah.
1: that foreign uh, stench to it, kind of from this weird Venezuelan dub. Yeah, you know? it, the, it does. Well, just to be clear, it, it, it has subtitles. In Spanish. And it has sub-
3: Spanish yeah, subtitles so what, so, as well. So it's not just that, it oh, up. it
1: happens to be from Venezuela. It's it's, it's in wow. English. But, uh, you know, it's like these green, um, very crude, like, computer-generated subtitles from, like, mid-'80s, uh, you know, uh, video or whatever, PHS. R- so uh, yeah, real- So that adds to it. Cause that's continually a thing inside the film experience when you see that version.
3: Tom, you, you must have had a great copy because your subs <laughs> were green. Mine were like... Complete burnout white. There was no color. Yeah, in I the got <laughs> so, it was a hint of color. Uh, I, <laughs> I love this. I love this. I love this.
1: But yeah, yeah. so well, uh, I was just gonna yeah,
2: echo really quick what Ant was saying, like just about the singular nature of you know his experience of watching this movie for the first time. I'm just literally watching this today, chopping broccoli rob. That's like what I'm doing, I'm making dinner, watching loads on the TV. Chopping broccoli. Chopping broccoli. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Um, and uh it was like that the obviously the big set piece which i'm sure we'll get into of just the dismembering of the woman and how long it is and the like you know the 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 loud screams the echoing layers of echo <laughs> the fucking building gregorian chants And just picturing people on Forty Second Street, like just well, I don't know. Go check this out. And then being on drugs, being high, being drunk, watching that. This was this caused nightmares and insanity. Like this type of movie, I just can't even imagine what that would have been like in that context. I can't even fucking imagine. While I'm chopping broccoli. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) Tom, what is uh, what's your origin? Broccoli. What's your origin? Well, it's not dissimilar.
1: similar. Uh, To ants. It's um, so this is about the mid 90s and it's something. Well, the Michael Weldon book when I was a kid, I was like, literally, I really was just like, I got to see it, but might not see this one. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, you read about it. There was that book Killing for Culture. That was very interesting. If anybody remembers that it was about a sort of like films that are tangential to like the snuff uh, mythos, snuff film mythos. So I read about it and I was just like, God, I'd love to see it. And so um, I did find a bootleg from like an LA Trader guy, and when I lived in San Francisco, so I finally got a copy. It's the mid '90s. I I DJ'd some party, so I was up late, and I was like, uh, I was like 3:34 in the morning when I got home, and I went, Oh man, yeah, right. I have last house. Like, let's do it. So it was like I was a little buzzed, and it was I was alone, middle of the night, and I really did not know what I was getting into. Seriously, because I didn't know the tone of the film. I thought it would be like gnarly horror and kind of be for lack of a better term like uh, above water instead Mm -hmm. of completely submerged (laughs) in this abstract sense you know what I mean it's Mm -hmm. like and again and it speaks uh, that language to you from the first frames it's like uh, the music Everything's discombobulated, like the, the, the sound is all wrong and like yeah. voiceover and it feels it doesn't match.
3: I think I'm ready for something that nobody ever dreamed of before.
1: Very crude, but it's but it's transcendently dreamlike too. And the, and like yeah, close-ups of gargoyles
2: for So I was watching I was mesmerized. Yeah. I was really
1: yeah. freaked out too. But I gotta say, the moment when I said, wait, this is very, very special stuff is not so much like the heavy gore set pieces, but it's a moment in the film when the crew is uh, being hostile to the uh, their, their victims and they all have masks and there's the guy with the camera, the cameraman. And what they do is they're all sort of um, coming into the frame in this sort of uh, art, uh, yeah. art, art film composition. And there's one moment when... Um, like the camera, one of them uh, punches through the, the cheap wall that, you know, yeah. and just goes like pop and like his head comes through. And I went, and he's wearing a mask. And I went, Oh, this is like an art film. And I don't mean that in a good or a bad way. I was just like, This is uh, naturally, maybe accidentally elevated to being this really transcendent thing. And there's more on. The creative mind of whoever made this than simply just cranking out a, a, a gore set piece kind of thing. Right. But it has that, too. But then, of course, you get to those set pieces and that incredible scene, which I guess we'll get into more later. Anyway, long story short, yes, it was the brutalized, very cheap copy mm-hmm. that he was talking about. Multi-multi-gen. Mine was like 7th gen, probably. Love but it. But it, it did add to it, and, and it did contribute to that, like, I shouldn't be watching this. Is this band? What's going on? Like, you know, like no normie could even come close to it almost just because of the quality of the presentation looks very, very video drum. You, you yeah. can't but think of video drum because, again, I know. those subtitles I know. add to it as if like yeah. this was smuggled out of South America, Yeah,
2: you know? which
1: is. But, but, but honestly, this is all an accident. It, it had a release and yeah south america and right. it was hard to find and that's where Crazy. people found it and it's got it did get smuggled up and multi-gen copied up Amazing. to the north america you know but it, but it felt like also it did feel like like how much of this is uh the crudity is it's so cloudy the quality mm. of the film it's like like what is a good looking copy look like and i always wondered like like is this film meeting in the middle with like incredibly bad video quality right and pretty bad film quality and that haze yeah and so yeah.
0: it was a romantic you can tell the, the layers of degradation really yeah, add exactly. to like the realism because you're like that yes. could be real through like all these generations of right light, exactly. right distortion
2: like and, the blood you know, in the film might actually yeah. if you're losing color and yeah, saturation exactly it, it could look and more just,
1: real just a shout out. It has been on YouTube before, but this fucked up Venezuelan copy. It has been on YouTube. Wow, it might be on now. If anybody wants to check it out, because it is different than seeing
0: <laughs> the uh, cleaned so up cool. stuff. It almost sounds like the preferred way to view it.
1: It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
2: it's a way. Anyway, <laughs> real quick before we get into the backstory of the film, Marcus, you got any you know impressions, memories? Uh,
0: you know, I, I I probably came across. I don't remember specifically. I, I like where I first heard of it. You know, I I did. Uh, read about it in Psychotronic. I do know that, and I and I'm a little bit younger, so I w- was a benefit of like the torrent era. I'm not going to name any specific sites, but I remember being on one torrent site just trolling, and I did see stills from this movie, hmm. and one was the sort of like party scene. And another one was oh, that really God. awesome mouth graphic oh, you know, of the teeth. Oh, no, right? Which is like one of the coolest things ever. Like maybe that should be a, a t shirt or something. It but um, yeah, uh, it's so cool. Anyway, and just your mind is just going like, how does this all fit together? You know, yeah. and so. Wow. Um, I had to see it and yeah, Yeah. I was immediately like, uh, I shouldn't be watching this alone. I don't think, you know. So
2: you didn't do the hard yards then, I guess. Um, I
0: guess I didn't do the hard (laughs) yards, but you know, I cheated my way to the top. That's
2: okay. All right. So, So, uh, I mean, for me, it was just barrel entertainment, baby. I mean, you know, when that, when I was, gosh, I mean, I was, uh, you know, getting into DVDs in the early 2000s and I think it was even like a collector's item then, you know, it was something that yeah, definitely went cost out of print really fast. It, it like definitely cost more than the yeah. MSRP, you know, like right out of the gate. And it was something I yeah. think I eBayed yeah. because I wanted it and you just had a reputation. It even has a huge reputation among VHS uh, collectors. It's one of the Holy Grails. It's one of the hard to get oh. most valuable tapes that there is, is last house
1: on dead end street. Um, wow. Oh, you I, mean tapes? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, yeah, uh, I think he, he mentioned yeah. earlier, like sun disc, uh, that right. was the, the American release, right. and um, yeah. uh, like on beta, yeah. and uh, and yep. the thing is, uh, just as a little tidbit, is uh, it was such a crude label, Sun Video, love it, that um, they would just take their uh, Kung Fu movies that they first put on these betas, and take those releases and go, ah, fuck it, and they'd slap a new uh, label on the actual tape just over the Kung Fu label, and you can still see it. Uh, over the new Last Love House on Dead End Street label. Because they just dub over the tape. It's like, that's what we're talking about. Wow. Real weird, probably mafia, Staten Island warehouse.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Is, is we should, be- hey, hey, you go ahead, ahead, Marcus, sorry. No, go ahead, Aunt. please. Ant's the, the guest. On, uh, I, I was just going to say that we should just brif- um uh, cover off the fact of a lot of the confusion about this film was because of all the Last House imitations as well, right? Yeah. So you had... You had even films with The Last House on the Left 2, New Last House on the Left, New House on Dead End Street. So there was, because the distributors in their, in their usual modus operandi, they were chopping titles left, right, and center, putting them on different films. So people would have arguments. Both were correct because in their territory, they had the flip side of right. each title. But mm-hmm. for a while there, it, it, it was Last House on Dead End Street it was kind of mixed in with all that for a lot of people. And it was mm-hmm. kind of hard to to see the truth between all the, the weeds. Whether you are watching Twitch of the Death Nerve, or you know, you never know what yeah, you got. Or, or house by the lake. House training. by
1: the lake, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, And yeah, last house on the beach. One, well, no, is that right. what it's called? Um, <laughs> see? A, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah I don't know. there's so many, and then uh, Night Train Murders was also called. Yeah, oh, totally. um, yeah wow. as well. Part so two.
1: Yeah.
3: The, the the only other thing I want to talk about is in terms of my connection with it was the um, was the. Uh, the big reel that came out, and I was an obsessive big reel collector. And there was a guy in LA that it was used to like a, get a, lot a collector's
0: print, magazine, right? For, for like print collector collectors
3: for, for films, yeah, film collectors, sixteen and thirty-five. And then w- there was an ad that popped up in one of those that someone had listed all their prints. And in the in like tiny one point type, it was like Last House on Dead End Street, and I was like, Holy Dude, fuck. wow,
2: a thirty-five
3: print. It was like the Holy Grail, oh. and and he had all these other gems like manos just like yeah, no, rarities see. that i'd never seen Damn. anywhere on 35 so i just instantly said i want all this like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. i grabbed them all and he goes okay you've got them all you've got them all and i was just like oh my i was ecstatic like i can't believe it so and this is the days where i had to send things down by shit so i had no idea how what i was going to end up with or anything right, right. brian legrady is the guy's name shout out to brian he's still Woo. going operating he's an awesome dude the camera guy from la so, but but he wrote me and he goes, I can't, I'm so sorry. I sent that print to another collector oh. um, before, before realizing that I already sold it to you. And I was like, ah, and I said, you've got All to tell right. me who it is. Because I need to know where this print is so I can access it and people can see it on a bi- on a screen. Right, right. And he goes, yeah. Oh, you won't know him, he's the guy in Montreal. And I said, Is it Mitch Davis? And he goes, Yes, uh, <laughs> Mitch
1: Davis.
2: And I was
3: like, <laughs> I was like, I was like yeah. Oh, I was like, awesome. It's in good hands. That's cool. I, okay. am yeah. So happy. So, so, so does that, he still have it? That's the print that was used for um, a lot of the mastering and the barrel release. Barrel. So, barrel.
1: Wow. Yeah.
3: God, Which was a. It, and it's a beat up print man They're like that film blown up to 35 is not so much better than, than some of the the dubs right. but it's it's yeah. kind of yeah you know it's magical There's color in it, should...
1: you know uh, at least
3: uh well yeah, yeah absolutely And i think the primary color stuff is gorgeous that we can get into like i think it you know watkins art background and his and his obsessive nature of like european filmmakers and you know he wasn't a pure horror fan at all when he started this film he was yeah. a very much a art film uh you know cinephiles you know snob in some respects but i think it's that it's his love of uh, art cinema that comes through there's so many phenomenal compositions definitely. and ideas yeah, in, this, in this film mm-hmm. and you can only you can only wonder what the original three-hour color like. it was look it probably was be like pulling teeth torture that. to get through it yeah but well, no, i guarantee not, but, well, yeah we're not we're not reviewing that one because it doesn't let's exist. clarify
1: well let, let's, let's just let's like slow down, uh, yeah. get into the nitty-gritty for just a second yeah like yeah um,
3: Sorry, I sound like I'm a Coke. I sound like Watkins. I'm just on like five lines. You're, you're part of the club here. You're peeking uh, in here. fit right in. <laughs> yeah.
1: So no, I, if, if I might just um, entertain people's imaginations about sort of uh, well, just the very brief the synopsis of, of, of yeah. the journey that this took as far yeah. as just like what a film, the film itself. So yes, may was making a film in 72, 73, The Cuckoo Clocks of Hell, mm-hmm. which, is a, uh, which is from a Kurt Vonnegut book.
2: Mother Night, you know, my yeah.
0: mother. Yeah, the greatest right. alt Mother title God. of all time. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah. It's like, irresistible. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and, and yes, it literally was over three hours long. Jeez. Now, the thing is, um, everything went to hell for him personally. And with this film print, I won't we'll get into it, but like, you know, it didn't work out. Like, like uh, there wasn't a, a grindhouse that played a three hour film called Cuckoo Clocks from Hell. It didn't surface. Right. But then uh, that classic thing that happened back in those days is somebody probably through the print lab or something like that, got a hold of Cuckoo Clocks and they just brutally cut it like probably with the master, like cut it down and um, added music, right? dubbed it, uh, added the fake credits. That's the, the source of it being uh, directed by Victor Janos, for instance. Wow. Like he had nothing to do with that. Oh, and wow. and I think that, um, you know, he disowned it and he was forgetting about it. And this is a great a tidbit. Uh, it, one time Roger Watkins said, um, you know, he kind of forgot about Cuckoo Clock. So it's 1977, 78, and he's walking Midtown, New York City, and some guy walks and goes, oh you're the last house on dead end street dude you know because oh, wow. that guy saw it on angel dust last you know, night you know Not who that, kind of that guy morning. was who's that
3: his name's robert Wormflash. he's the director of death promise whoa so he was the guy who did uh, he worked on all the elements for um for that for the for the actual cinematic release that it got That's when it was amazing. under the new title That's so he, yeah he's still around he he's like a post post-super- post-supervisor
0: Wow, amazing. I'd love to talk to him. He That's actually nice. worked on the release. The recutting of Cuckoo Clocks into Glasshouse. Yeah, it
3: sounded like he was he was involved in the post-production or the release, so whether he was cutting he was responsible for some of the elements, I guess, putting the elements together, whether that that crazy Suspiria rip-off um, TV spot. It's only a movie. It is only a movie. Remember, it's only a movie.
0: Black House on Dead End Street.
3: Rated R. You know, which is incredible.
1: I was just going to bring that up because the first time I heard of this film, actually, this is slightly interesting, is, so, yeah, like he's saying, there was a knockoff of the Suspiria trailer that played New York City area, like three in the morning, uh, television, and wow. it was you know, um, you know, there's a singy, songy girl's voice, and then she turns around, and it's a skeleton, it's a skull, and the thing is, my friend, who's from Texas, told me like, what is that, man? Like, and I said, I think I can figure it out. this is, like 1991, and I said, oh, oh yeah, you saw Suspiria at 3 a.m. in 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 like Dallas, where you lived, and he's like, no, I didn't, and I was like, yeah, you did. So I figured out finally that here's the thing: this film also was released as the Fun House, right. And it played more, uh, uh, it was more available throughout the nation, especially in the South and drive ins as the Fun House. And I'm sure that my friend, side note, uh, being in Texas in the late 70s, saw the Fun House trailer, uh, which looks like Spiria, but it was called Last House when it got it. in New York City. Uh, and uh, the thing is, uh, the Fun House it had a lot more legs and really dead end street that title is almost more like 1979 to like 85 right. so right. so but but, the, but my point of all this is just the director Roger Rock is just it, it completely separated and disowned from it uh was surprised that it had a life and i think he was pissed but i think he was you might know this ant like he he was probably pissed that it was his baby was being butchered but kind of happy it got out do you, do you have any insights on that maybe
3: i think eventually when i mean a lot of the credit of all the information about this goes to david kareke's from um killing for culture right when he went and did that okay those interviews he went he traveled all the way to is it tarrytown upstate new york Mm -hmm. um where where roger was living with suzanne Rowe, and so david went there with um makita brotman who's a great writer i met her at the chicago underground way back and she and David went there and they interviewed Roger. And that's a lot of that book. You know, the head press special edition that came out. That's all right. based on it's got and David tracked down, you know, Ken Fisher and and obviously Paul Jensen, his professor from SUNY. Um and so wow. a lot of the um a lot of the stories are kind of solved within that um, Head Press issue, which I really think if they had taken more time, and someone to put money in, it could have been as good as The Last House on the Left book that Dave Shulkin did.
2: Right. Yeah. Because,
3: right. because the stories in the history of Dead End Street are just as rich and incredible as oh, Last yeah. House on the yeah. Left. And to be honest, I always preferred Loads to Left because of the humor and Loads comes from the Scuzzball cinema, right? Yeah. The characters themselves, it's just dark, nasty humor that fits with the characters. Yeah. Wherein Left has those really, it's just got that kind of corn poke. Sh- Humus shit that comes out of left the center and kind of derails the film. You, you don't, know, with you you don't like face. Ida
1: and her chickens. You
2: don't like. That? <laughs> oh, hang on, <laughs> that doesn't work for you. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, oh man! I just want to. I just yeah. want to. Just, just you know, just a clue in the audience a little bit. I, I do want to get to the just the backstory of you know Roger yeah. Watkins, so people can catch up here a little bit because it is really interesting. Like you know, from what I read, you guys can fill in any of the blanks. But you know, Roger Watkins, he's a, he's a film. star, student right at SUNY uh, one of the SUNY schools in upstate New York Uh, and he was started he's yeah he started working on this film and was inspired by you know uh, the book The Family which is you know was one of the early books documenting the Manson family murders and I guess that the film started as a DIY sort of biopic of the Manson family that's like what his intention was originally Mm -hmm. Uh, and And sort
1: of uh, just real quick he's the lead protagonist or antagonist that's the director that you see in the film yes. with that yes. kind of proto uh, doom metal look, you know?
3: Yes. He's, totally. You know, I was trying totally. to work out like a, a snappy way to describe it. And it, and it, it looks like if Johnny Ramone ate meatloaf, he's got that meatloaf look, but it's um, yeah, it's, no, sorry, carry
1: on, Tom. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, uh, no, it's, no uh, totally Evan so, was walking us through the.
2: Yeah, so he he stars as Terry Ho- Terry Hawkins is his character's name, but basically, so he makes this film, but he's he's you know he's got some shit to say, man, and he he's sort of you know got some disillusionment with the world and everything, and he wants to pour this angst into this movie and. You know, um, and again, we've talked about this a lot on the show. Uh, shout out to our episode on uh, we, we we did it one fucking hour in Salo, uh, where we had you know Buddy G on the show and we talked about that yeah. movie. And it was kind of this idea of like where were movies going? You know, in the late '70s, right. we've talked about that a lot, where it's like you're getting hardcore violence, pornography is on the screen in cinemas. And what's next? Fucking snuff movies, you know? Right. And so this film is sort of tapping into that a little bit because it is about making snuff films.
1: Well, can, can I just uh, drill down for just one second? There's In the Family book by Ed Sanders, the story of the Manson family. Yeah. Uh, it's the genesis of rumors. It's from that book right. that the Manson family made snuff films. Ah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's between the, 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 the cover there. It's like there's no evidence. It's just they, they were probably having a laugh Talking bullshit to the the author Ed Sanders, but that's but it does capture the imagination. That's cool. And I think that really is the genesis of snuff films is that book the right. the the idea but, that exists.
3: Yeah, and that's the that's the that's the the baseline foundation the bedrock of the, of all snuff mythology comes out yes. of the Manson murders. Yes, and so wow. even the interview that Watkins did in '73, like there was a huge article that he did talking about the making of the film just after he's in, he's in the editing room. And he talks like, cause Cuckoo's, the original version is like, you know, he is, he's basically Manson and it's, and he gets, you know, it's like instead of Polanski not arriving at the scene of the crime, it's like they have Polanski at the scene of the crime. And so that was his, oh, his yeah. sort of pivot. Whoa. And it's, you know, stepping back, it's, it's, right. you know, you've got, you've got the birth of Snaf, you've and then you've got Tarantino sort of trying to wrap it up in the, in the glossified Hollywood version. But obviously when you put those two head to head loads comes out on top every day of course
2: yeah absolutely um yeah. and so um uh so anyway so he's you know he's also a cinephile as you said you know he loves filmmakers like Otto Preminger, Nicholas Ray, you know uh which you can see in this movie I think for sure, sure um sure. and I guess Preminger took a liking to Watkins and gifted him the Bolex camera which he shot a lot of that you know really grainy shit on for the Films within the film, I think, uh, which mm. is super cool. Um, and I love this little detail that um, he's a self-admitted, um, you know, fucking um, amphetamine addict. And yeah. that only $800 of the $3,000 budget that was spent on making the film uh, was, you know, was, was used for, for putting, you know, images on screen. The rest was all uh, for drugs, uh, which yeah. is amazing. <laughs> well, that's, uh, could... that's
1: more of that weird, like, post-Black Sabbath... Not post, but you know, contemporary Black Sabbath, like, yeah. like, uh, like <laughs> all the long hairs are doing uh, speed now, not acid, that kind of thing. Right, right. I mean, it's this total- is this is that movie, like uh, that that is like the <sighs> representation of that super bummer, uh, like uh, long hairs gone bad. You can see like, it too, is, because there's no other movie like it. Because
2: know? literally, I would say sixty to seventy percent of the film is just like manic laughter. You know, which is which is <laughs> yes. like peak, uh, and peak screaming. amphetamine. Yeah, screaming and laughter. <laughs> um so I think that the film just feels like amphetamine's itself, you know. Yeah. Um but I will say it, for it, new, you. For,
3: Go, oh, just, Sorry.
0: for anybody who's like a last house dead end or wants to get a vibe for like what the director might be like i think on that it is the Burrell dvd one of the dvd releases has an awesome bonus feature like that's just like a ride along with him cool. from like the late 80s it's like yeah. a late 80s like just like vhs wow. tape right. uh, shot in vhs camera gotta see you that, spend man. like 30 minutes with roger wadkins like driving around town going to different authors backyards and you can kind of get a Wow, feeling for the guy he's talking to a pornographer on the phone at one point and he's going to like he's telling you about Tennessee Williams like a uh, you know fascination with this author that lives in his same town that he was obsessed with so you can kind of get a vibe for like a guy who's got a kind of bit of a trashy life but has these artistic you right. know um yeah which uh, is my favorite
2: know, combo interest that's my, yeah, exactly. my favorite
0: though. It's
1: like working class yeah. auteur. Dirtbag of thing. Too. We always yeah. come back Love to that. It.
2: It's like Mark Borchart, kind of, in a way. In a way, in a way. I'm more disturbed than maybe... Just, angry. like,
1: one notch up and one it's speed up. instead of booze.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. totally. Um,
3: it's so- a shame because his, his porn stuff's super interesting. He obviously doesn't have that much interest in sex. It was a gig, right? right. His later films have all kind of, like, ties in back to loads and the original... Yeah. this kind of hatred for humanity is like this it's simmering throughout all his work yeah and it's kind of pressed in everything he says like the uh, the voiceover stuff which he hates in the film uh, obviously um a right. lot of it was inserted but it's his voice and so it his, it's his recordings but where he yeah. talks about like you know they, they're looking for something new they want to see something different it's like yep. you know um, there's a couple of great bits where the guy goes, you know, this co- the producer's going, this country's built on innovation. This guy, Terry Hawkins. Now, this country's built on innovation, so my advice to you is to start innovating. Now, this guy, uh, Terry Hawkins, called me about a film. He wants to do something really different. He sees something different. He's going to bring something different. And it's kind of like how porn traveled, you know, once it mm-hmm. went from that, how it changed mm-hmm. and became very, went into that Avon darkness, you know, which yeah. is when you look at loads a lot of it feels like po- a porn film without sex like it's got yeah. the same aesthetics mm-hmm. that party scene could be lifted from any of those sort it of could. new Absolutely. york bucket productions mm-hmm. um so the dna is still there and it's just really it's kind of sad because that ride along you talk about marcus was when i think his wife had left him and he's kind of like in a really bad
2: dark place. state
3: yeah um and so it, it, he, he was a really interesting guy because i remember when um, i started communicating with him there was moments where he could have he there was so many chances he had of a career that kind of could have gone somewhere you know and it was he's just one of these guys that just missed it by an inch yeah. every yeah. time you know right. it's like if loads had been like his own film and he controlled it and it had the right. calm premiere and things had gone differently and it was like an incredible three-hour masterpiece and he became sort of a notorious figure because of the how incredible the film was instead of this mystery film yes and there was just moments of like yeah he made like working with Roberta finley like it there's so the guy's just super interesting to me i think he's one of the most fascinating characters in exploitation history he, and i just i feel like a deep sadness about what could have been sure with well, this guy's I, career
1: i think he did you know some people just have bad luck and like what i what got me was um he surfaces and the dvd the barrel comes out and so he's known and he's like talking giving interviews he's around and then he fucking dies yeah <laughs> you know yeah like he doesn't get to bask in it and maybe no. get financed and five no. years ago made a movie right. with like elijah wood well you I'm know what kidding.
3: you know <laughs> you know what was planned right because he um uh, this is the deep research I do for one fucking hour, but um, I uh, started reading the script for um, Last House on Dead End Street 2, right? Which is oh, uh, was created because Ooh. of Fred Vogel from August Underground, was connected uh, with Roger at that stage and they were planning to do it. And it was kind of, and I was like, oh God, it's going to be terrible. And then I started reading and I was like, oh shit, this is, a, this is the perfect sequel. Like, wow. it's so good. It's wow. it, it, And it starts off with... with um, Watkins in prison, and it treats everything as real that f- happened in the first film, and it's kind yeah. of it's just it, it's just like it had potential huh. if it was shot. if you, In my head, it's shot on Super Eight, and it's like yeah, right. everyone's doing meth right. during the it's making meth. of it. It's a meth, um, yeah, meth. Of course, uh, <laughs> yeah. Can I, but, um, Evan, Can I bring yeah. up
1: a little just a um, well, what, what, what were you thinking? Because I was just I was wanting to address want one to little thing. film.
2: I want to get to the Say film. I, I, I,
1: we'll, yeah, I we're just, running out of time. Go for it.
2: We are running out of time <laughs> brutally, and I just want to put a bow really quickly, just so the audience understands the idea that you know this movie when it was first, his vision for the film was to be a three-hour audiovisual fucking nightmare. We don't know; it's lost to time. It's never right. been. It's never surfaced because they
1: because they cut up the master when they were brutalizing it. Yeah. To bring it down to like ninety minutes, right. yeah, you know, it's like, like
2: less. Uh, it's like seventy-seven minutes, isn't it? Or, yeah, right. It's true. You know, and like
1: and some some hacks literally yeah. and figuratively were just doing that. Yeah, you know, in some building in Midtown, right. and uh, they right. just threw, it's like chucked in the garbage. Right, like so, all those reels.
2: So that that's what it is, man. And he you know had no control over it. And there's a lot of accidental lightning in a bottle, especially with when you were saying. Just so it's clear, the film was released with all the people by chance. Who were working on this movie under different pseudonyms. So, nobody who actually worked on the movie, their real names were not used. So, for a long time, people had no idea where this movie came from, if it dropped out of the sky, if it was some real snuff film from overseas. Or, or there's a lot of rumor and innuendo floating around about if this was yeah. real, if it really was a snuff film I know. or not. Yeah, because there's no way to
1: trace uh, right. anyone who's named in it, right. Behind and in front of the camera,
2: unless you were real plugged in. Like if you were, you know, reading Chaz Ballen or whatever, you were plugged in, you'd know. Uh, but anyway, I just, and I just, on want
0: that, to c- just real quick on that, so you can clear something up. I seem to remember that he was on the Joe Franklin show or something like that. So how That's does awesome. he was on Howard,
3: Howard Stern. He no, no, was. it was Joe Franklin. Yeah, i oh, Joe Franklin. Oh, he was... he was definitely he, he was on Howard Stern because Pat Cooper was the oh. comedian that he was working with on a show that.
1: Whoa. um,
3: and, and Pat Cooper that. had a freak out in the Howard Stern office and left, and then Howard said, huh. "Who was the guy that came in with Pat?" And he said, "It's <laughs> this filmmaker Watkins," and so Watkins got twenty minutes on Stern, wow. which is incredible. Incredible. Um, wow. incredible, and that's when oh, people per- that's when everyone perked up and was like, because he mentioned the fun house and last house on dead end street
0: pretending wow. that he had two
3: movies but it was it was really just one page. wow and and then but yeah. a lot of fans heard that and the craziest thing about all of this is that Ballen had actually just had printed it in the deep red horror handbook that it was watkins that's right because he had he, okay. had he had communicated with someone and found out like just through normal chit chat, the real name in the horror circles the real name so it was like it was staring in people's faces for a long time And they just overlooked
2: it. Right. Um, (laughs) And just to respond to one thing you said, Ant, earlier, uh, like there is like a lot, like, because there is, if you look, there's a lot of reviews, a lot of people who are watching this movie who do feel like it's trash or it is low budget or it's, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Fuck those people. Mm -hmm. But you can tell there's a lot of intention in the movie, uh, especially like, you know, his whole idea is like, you know, commenting on the escalation of, you know, fucked up shit in media. It's like, you want something fucked up? Well, I'm going to give you something fucked up, you know, uh, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. plays a big part into it. Total Videodrome, yada, yada, yada. Let's just get into the movie itself just because we're bleeding yeah. time badly. Um, it's the it's the world we're in here with this with this show. But um, where do you guys want to start? I mean, really one of the first jaw-dropping sequences for me in this movie is is when you are seeing that party scene where they're whipping the girl <laughs> yeah uh,
3: Pretty crazy. mrs Palmer yeah. the weirdest thing about that scene apart from the blackface yes. which is like greasy hot white and, and luminescent blackface yeah, um the, the craziest surreal thing of, is not the people laughing at the scene not the whipping not her black face the craziest thing is the kid who is there who looks yeah. like they're 10 years old or younger. Yeah. And, and I was, I, I, until I realized that it was the son of the whipper.
2: Oh <laughs> my Who, God. So
3: that Which is, uh, it's still not, a, it still doesn't make it right. Like no. what, oh. what adult would pull a kid into that sequence? Like yeah. Yeah. crazy. crazy. We, we need to see that kid now what's <laughs> happening. But yeah, that's, Ooh. that's disturbing. But do, I love all the, um, the mirror reflection, on society throughout the whole thing, right? There's always people holding up mirrors. There's mirrors. Mm-hmm. There's metaphors for the, the reflecting back the id back on the audience, totally, um, making them com- making them complicit in the activity on screen. There's mm-hmm. so much juicy stuff in there. There's moments. Sorry, I'm just rambling, but there was one incredible thing that I want to hark back to, which is like, there is a moment where they're in the courtyard, and it's a it's a really wide shot with the actors with the uh, filmmakers are tearing uh, beating up that guy yeah. and it's so similar to yeah. the set of salo i always when they go, that totally yeah. did
2: totally. you get that
3: vibe from that uh, absolutely it, it totally feels like it is
2: and it's before yeah. it too which is crazy um and uh you know of course in that party sequence uh it's intercut with meeting with steve who is sort of the you know james woods of uh <laughs> this uh, from Videodrome of this movie, where he's right. sort of the producer or distributor of these kind of crazy wacky movies, and he's the one that's sort of. I love that scene where he's watching the kind of lesbian porno film, which has that very disturbing, eerie "where the fuck is this going?" black and white shot preamble that yeah. seems like a you know fucking just it's very disturbing but he's basically that's where steve the producer guy or whatever is saying like um you know people have tastes now that are hard to satisfy and mm-hmm. you know and looking for something which is exactly how to video drum looking for something harder he, and, you know, <laughs> Yeah,
3: you know he's got a, that guy's got a great line he goes he goes does she have arthritis oh, does she have arthritis oh come on she's that's a good looking chick yes <laughs>
2: yes, yes that's right. right when he's when he's making fun of the whole thing and he's like yeah oh no 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 the, the, the best is when he's like
0: palmer you sit here showing me 10th rate porn while your wife is in the next room getting her ass whipped and you have the nerve to talk to me about your reputation
1: you know it's i, great. I, I yeah. just wonder how much roger was involved in that it, it, like very crudely Looped in dialogue, you know. Interesting, because a lot of times people are talking and you don't even see them, and it's you know it's like true, and that's very porno, you know what I mean? True. But if, if I uh, no, uh, he
3: he stares at him. Sorry, no, he says he, yeah. a lot of that dialogue was um, improvised on on set as well. So oh, okay, I I feel like it's legit. It's just out of sync. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Right. I think it is really smart just how everything is set up in the film. It really does feel like a commentary on, you know, well, that is the basic premise, right? Let me give you something really disturbing. But, like, it's so smartly executed that every time there is one of those horrible scenes happening, there always is an audience watching it. You know, like in the whipping scene, you have the people on the couch laughing. Right. The, The porn producers watching the film. Later on, the girls in these masks, are, you know, yeah, are sitting there watching, you know, watching the move, uh, watching uh, the torture being filmed things, you know. Yeah, so you always right, right. So you you just always have, and there's always just a lot of reaction shots from the people, just showing, which is almost more grotesque, or at least, at least as grotesque as someone getting yeah. their arm chopped That's off. It's all the like tittering and spectators, giggling, and yeah, and know. spectators. Yeah,
3: that that sort of meta quality it really. It, culminates in the scene where Palmer, that Mrs. Palmer's the one being whipped, Palmer is the guy that they take revenge on at the end. When they create that fake cinema screen and the the cameraman is torturing Palmer behind the screen and they're watching it, the filmmakers are watching it and it's not a real screen. And then they throw him through the real screen into their reality. (laughs) And then Hawkins comes through and says, I'm the fucking director. I'm directing
2: this fucking movie directing this fucking movie you
3: son of a bitch And climbs through the screen right. i love it and then creates right. more real realism it's just phenomenal man yeah, yeah, it's amazing that's,
1: that's a nice use of uh, the settings if i can um yeah. what really struck me like again when i first watched it was uh all this stuff i totally hear you guys but just to me the visceralness of um uh when the film in its second half jumps into the dream world and it's the utilization of that huge uh, like mythos, uh, Greek mask, tragedy mask. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Nah, mask. So, so, right. Dogs. And so, um, but that's getting back to what Mark's was saying about that weird uh, painted mouth. that's also there. Oh, and I, what I like is that um, he was, you know, with a, D- a DIY movie, which we love here, you know, that, that method where it's just like appropriate what's in front of you. And there were yeah. props from the theater department of the Syracuse, uh, you know, uh, you know, state mm-hmm. college that they were shooting on and so it was just there you know what i mean and um like imagine what if that mask that production that needed that mask wasn't there it, it would not have been in this film it's that kind of kismet you know but 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 that mask was there and he'd lucked out a lot because so often he does this thing where that black ma- or sorry that mask happens in just black space you know or the or the person you know uh, him wearing the mask is happening in this like almost like 2001 right. soundstage blackness <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. with with those big lights I you know they look like lights. like fake moon landing filming kind of feel you know yeah and, uh, and, and it's so stylized in that got big the, mouth uh pain, yeah again, it's almost
0: you know, i thought it was almost like a rock concert or something it reminds me of she's yeah. shooting into the into the camera always reminds me of hard days night of course right you know and sure. just seeing the light lights always in the background here and there just conjures filmmaking and. You know, yeah, this is just really about movie making too, which I think is something that you know yeah. is yeah. attractive to all of us. But totally. um yeah, th- it looks like a rock concert, like a midnight special or something there's even a shot yeah. that maybe it's the very last shot of the movie where they're That's all right. framed like it looks like they're on a stage lined yeah. up like a fucking band yeah. and he looks like a rock star the whole time you know yeah. Is, yeah, is that really it's, and there's there's no rock and roll in the movie you know no. so it's not beating you over the head with it there's this whacked out amazing soundtrack it really underneath yeah. it but yeah it just feels very uh it's rock and roll yeah actually
1: let's spend two seconds on the soundtrack it's basically Uh, Needle dropping on library records of like hard avant tonalities, and then they put it through uh, flange a hundred percent setting of drenching <laughs> and it's that, that that's like half the reason i was arrested immediately by this film you know? yeah it's mm-hmm. the first and the heartbeat let's not forget this like echoey heartbeat that's yeah. constantly happening Killer. so the sound design is also just brilliant it, it like uh you know um, uh, yeah, right. after you.
0: it's so effective, you know, it's like, um, you know, you, you struggle to call the sound good in a way because it's like MOS and that's yeah. distracting in some ways. But then it's he took so much care in how they executed that sound and with the whispering. And so it, it does rise to the occasion of being something just like you said, amazing. But like a, by traditional standards, it's a little bit weird because just being MOS, you know, shot well, with, like, it, people it does, bad, bad lip syncing or whatever.
3: It, it does get, like, a little... I mean, so much of it is... Ha- yeah. No,
0: Sorry. I was just
3: going to say devil's advocate hypothesis. Okay. Because he hates... Watkins hates the heartbeat. He hates so much the, of what they did to this film. Right. Who's to say that Cuckoo's is the, was going to be a masterpiece... And this is that's, actually that's the this thing. is the happy accident that came out of everything, and it's it could and, be. and the it's thing. the things that bu- bug him are the things that we are really attracted we'll to. Know. <laughs>
2: I know <laughs> yeah. of
3: that of the, they might made the film, nature.
1: Right, they might have fallen uh, ass backwards into making uh, a more uh, intense experience than he had expected, or one that's more resonant than maybe he did, or his was even more. They like dialed intense, it back a little you know, bit <laughs> yeah in its own way who knows yeah. like we'll, yeah. we will never that's something yeah we will never know we'll because again that know. stuff was thrown out when like jimmy carter was president yeah the trash <laughs> <became>. <laughs> right. so it's over and, uh, we're never gonna know
2: yeah and it's it's uh well, that, that one shot you were talking about marcus with the with the with the with the lights direct to the camera too it does appear to be some sort of filter on the lens too like some sort of a star filter star yeah. filter yeah, yeah sure yeah like a star filter, which is incredible. I mean, it just looks so yeah. good in that moment. Yeah. And um of course, he's coming in with a with a drill and drilling the guy in the fucking eyeball. And the masks, and the uh, masks. The, like
1: his Marcus's clear mask, you know. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. it's that the, also, that the quote unquote crew is wearing.
2: It's also before like which again, killer?
3: it's like all these accidents. It's like the lighting is so high con and so positioned that way because they he, the first reels he did came out completely dark and he threw uh-huh. them away. And so he brought in all these o- and overlit everything and that's why you've got that sort of complete so cool. darkness and then high con look is because of that happy accident of not of this not um, of being too terrified with the o- codex Yeah,
1: this whole and the mask were to,
3: the mask were to cover up a lot of the um of this post of the sink of of what he knew oh, was going to happen so, okay. so so all these things add up it's just like that it's the the DIY innovation that just comes through mm-hmm. you know which is it- which is why the line that he, that Hawkins as the character, um, Terry Hawkins says, he goes, which is such a, it's the, it's the line of the film for me. He goes, I'm still a little, unsure. after he's just killed everyone and he's made the and got the snuff footage. He goes, I'm still a little unsure about selling this film, but things like this have a way of working themselves out, which is like. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect summation of, of loads yeah, and how it yeah. how it got out to the world. It's journey.
1: You know?
2: Yeah. It's completely all like unbelievable happy to accident. The whole thing on the way down. The release, the rediscovery, the tracking yeah. down, everything just it created a mystique and an uh, onto itself. It didn't intend to, which is incredible. Um Yeah.
1: It had I, a life I, of its own. I, I was curious you know?
2: because the end what well, I was just about to say about the ending scene with the drill going into the eyeball and everything, like obviously well before driller killer and stuff. Like be, just because it's the same part of the world, upstate New York, Abel Ferrara, Nyack, Roger Watkins, you know, Syracuse or whatever, maybe you know, is there <clears throat> any connection? Like, did Abel see this movie, you know, at any point in time and get inspired by? Because the masks also evoke Miss Forty Five to me. You know, it's right. possible. There's a I mean, lot of it, like, it was yeah. it was a
1: bit of a hit in, in, at 42nd Street. You know, so I wonder if he's like just starting like around '79, doing you know? his
2: own. Like he's inspired by the DIY quality of it, or the art I mean, if, film yeah, if, quality if you, you look it. at
1: old uh, newspaper, uh, you know, archives, like uh, yeah, this movie played for years, like starting wow. in '79, and and again, it was in '77. It was the Funhouse that played as yeah. well in New York and New Jersey. You know, and the Bronx, played the Bronx. How about seeing that in the a lot of lines? lot of drive-ins? Yeah, I've got the ad, I've
3: got all the ads here, man. It played at the Sydney Street, Forty Second Street was the big one in Manhattan. and The RKO Coliseum, Brooklyn, yeah. Queens, Westchester, New Jersey played at the Liberty, wow. infamous Jersey Theater. Yeah. So, and then yeah, and then like you were saying, it had a it had a big uh, Southern release down the Bible Belt in Dallas and all those wow. other Southern territories. Yeah. Well, um,
0: the, the other funny detail in the Michael Weldon review in Psychotronic is that it says all the all the release ads said cult classic on it. So when it when it came out, they they were already marketing it as it was part, yeah. a classic, uh, <laughs> pre baked, yeah. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. laughs> yeah. um, they they were shameless, shameless in the in the copying. Like <laughs> so, they we'll literally the- stole the. It's only a movie. Well, exactly. Like, look what they and,
1: retitled the film, you know, yeah, from right. Cuckoo yeah, Clocks or yeah. it, it even the fun, cause it was Cuckoo and then it was Funhouse. And then someone went, no, no, no. Last house, whatever. Let's, yeah, that's yeah, what we're yeah, doing yeah, here. <laughs> you know,
2: um, can we talk about the big, just like dismember the fucking big yeah, scene? Pretty, pretty gnarly. It, it's, I mean, it, it literally is like the burning moon of 1972. Um, <laughs> sequence here there's nothing comparable it's nothing yeah.
3: it's the lingering you know the different it's very it's 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 Foward Ramsey's. ramsay's you know it's a there's a very sort of blood taste disconnected slow lingering the only other thing I, it reminds me of is the jekyll and hyde portfolio where there's like
1: i love that movie
3: lingering with the frog guts and the frog right. intestines and things there's yeah. just some sort of like um the pornographic lingering yeah
1: yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah flow, right. flow penetration right. and and separation of of bodily fluids yeah, yeah. tweakers like tweaking. a, like a morbid tweaking.
1: fascination yeah they're tweaking. that where you're right though like in Gorgor girls you know they're playing like marching band music and it's it's all very silly you know so that kind of yeah. like deadens it back into the the scene it's like yeah. it ain't cute it ain't funny and yeah. um it's contributed with uh like you get the music that we've been talking about very effective and also like sort of uh, what's happening because straight up, this is torture what they're doing yeah. because they are mm-hmm. mutilating this person. Yeah. And then they pass out and then they revive the person <sighs> as it continues as they slowly brutal this person's life. And it's uh, not yeah. fun, not fun. Suck brutal. on
3: that Eli Roth. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> the Eli Roth principle.
2: Um, but it, it is it's insane where it's like, you know, it starts with like cutting your face with and then you have the organ flanger coming in, there's organ flange, and then you yeah. got um this Gregorian chant that just is like rising in the mix that does kinda elevate this to some sort of cosmic, you know, video art. <laughs> you know, where it's mm-hmm. like
1: Well it's not it's 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 the kind of track that Kubrick would pull. And I'm not sure. Trying to be like fa- sure. fancy here, but like <laughs> the, what? What? Well, what they were pulling, and I guess it's the people who did this bastardized version in the seventy late seventies, oh. is they were pulling things that were library records. But s- sometimes library records, they wouldn't always have like kind of funky, funky waka waka yeah. stuff. Library. Well, a lot of times, library records would have like hard yeah. avant garde music too. Sure. And that's and and people have sourced every track that was mm-hmm. used and mm-hmm. you know stolen library music from mm-hmm. uh, and this and hey, all it was the, a f- Go ahead.
3: No, I was going to say he is a fan of a huge fan of 2001, and the original Cuckoo's Clocks had a scene where that whole murder. He runs around that. You know, he's running around trying to escape. He runs back into his bedroom, which was a 2001 reference <laughs> of of, and so and then he and then the yummy. film like, yeah, and then it was the ending of the film. So, wow, you you were spot bad. on with your you were spot on with your Kubrick call it's... there, Tom. 2001
2: go. and the Manson Family mashup. Yeah, what? <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I know, I know. Like amazing, and so it's such uh, a cool yeah.
0: just that end part. Uh, such a one thing that really jumped out at me. What's it's really throughout the film is just an interesting blend of doc technique and narrative technique. We always call out films here that have that use doc employ doc techniques in the show. We love them. Yep. Yeah. Um, but just in the killing scene, it's like he doesn't feel tethered to one or the other, and there's just like a cool blend there. Of like it feels like a narrative film. There's like a locked off camera, close up shots, a face reaction that's edited, and then it'll go to like I guess the point of view of the guy filming. You know, for a little while, and it'll be handheld, and the camera's moving in and out towards the body parts and lingering and stuff. And it's a really cool blend. You know, it wouldn't occur to some people to like blend that. So you know, it's not like the uh, handheld footage looks really crummy or anything either. It's like it's just blended kind of seamlessly, but it feels. It yeah. still feels very real, but feels like a movie. I don't know. It's like a really well. You you
1: know, you, you know what yeah. that handheld stuff. The only thing I could think of that would reference it indirectly is um, like one of the hard one of the harder mondo movies. You know when
0: when stuff's <sighs> right. fate.
1: You know, and right. and like yeah. they're filming the ritual where they, you know, like they a human sacrifice, and mm-hmm. and then they do kind of burning off. time,
0: like too, you know, like lingering. Well, like and, and yeah, burning time know, for those, yeah. but but films.
1: that but that kind of like the intimacy of this moment captured on a what were you handheld saying? sixteen mm-hmm. millimeter. You know, That's it's like the you
3: know, it's, it's the Anton Lavey home movies, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that vibe.
1: Totally,
2: sure, exactly. But mm. exactly,
3: exactly like, I would have loved to hear Buddy G's. um to, to talk about this film just because so many that combat shock kind of like there's periods in combat shock that emulate this of that of the psychosis inside the main protagonist and just that sort of
2: I wonder um, if he saw it on 42nd Street yeah three. you know I he, did he did see it he did yeah
1: on 42nd Street he did yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: I don't know I, I I would love to oh know. it's a question sorry yeah uh, I'd love to know
3: no yeah I'd love to know uh, be, to find yeah. out
2: yeah no. Okay, real quick, just fun little detail. Again, we don't know who to credit for a lot of these details. If it's this rando guy in the in the booth hacking this guy's film to pieces I or if know. it's the director him. himself, <laughs> which I do love. I love that. But yeah, I love the very, like, okay, crazy drill-me-eyeball, insane ending, and then cold voiceover. Terrence Hawkins, Kenneth
0: Hardy, Catherine Hughes, Patricia Kuhn, and William Drexel were all later apprehended. And are in the state penitentiary
2: of they're yeah. all been locked up in prison. The end.
3: Like fucking I know. Well, amazing. I've heard that.
1: I've always heard that was added. Yeah, of
2: course. Sort of like no,
1: more... Go ahead. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's that's the guy is the friend of the guy that took the film off them. Right. So he I can't remember his bloody name, but he was the guy that made uh, Watkins direct a film with his wife in it, who was some uh, who was one of the backers of getting the film out. Uh, wow. Originally, Watkins got forced into make this terrible thing called "Shadows of the Mind" or something. It's a, it's right. a. He he refuses to acknowledge it. It's a terrible film. But that guy, <laughs> his friend was the guy who did that terrible voiceover that Watkins couldn't stand. Oh. And this is where a really crazy rumor came out about Watkins: is when that guy committed suicide, really quick, just right after that oh. had that he did that that voiceover. And then someone That's... said, "I heard that to Watkins, when they were trying to talk about." What happened to the film and said, I heard um, this guy did that terrible voiceover at the end that, you know, and he committed suicide. And Wagner goes, Well, they call it. They called it suicide. Whoa! Oh, so Jeez. then that, that, that his started eyes a drill,
1: whole... Did he drill his eyes out? is
3: that? But that's where that kind of crazy edge of Watkins came from. Everyone no, thought know, that oh shit, this guy's dangerous because right. someone went missing or someone died Got around it. the film. It's more yeah. mystique, man. More mystique? Can I give
1: a qu- the quickest shout out to a, the, one of the small characters? It's his friend. I forget his name. The guy, yeah, the Hawaiian going? shirt wearing guy. You know. The uh, camera Paul? guy? Is it, sorry?
2: You talking about the camera guy? You mean or? the guy
3: who the guy who went to the jail for fucking the dead calf. Yes, his buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just I,
1: I love that look. <laughs> like he scares me more than anything else. Not yeah. the young crew members or or, or or Roger Watkins, but that guy because he looks so amoral. Yeah, and so like cheap thrills. He always looked like like Dan Aykroyd's coke dealer. (laughs) Like he had this like seventies freewheeling kind of scumbag, like on the periphery of everything. Yeah, you know, like like uh, like supplying, applying drugs, supplying drugs. Uh, on like porno sets, like like like, let's party, <laughs> and like if it involves like cutting somebody up, like just, get it on. <laughs> you know, it just seemed like like frighteningly immoral in this mm-hmm. mid seventies way. You Can guys know I? what I mean? The totally. F- oh, no, it.
3: absolutely. They're, no. they're, that's crazy that all these guys were just uh, the other school students, graduates or I undergraduates, know.
0: and yeah. then
3: they but they all look like they are scuzz, man. Can we can they, we shout they, out? Can we shout? They out exude that? scuzziness. Yes. The the
0: way that guy is introduced though is like one of those early indications that this film is going to have more artistic. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. aspirations like when yeah. they're in that jail scene, and Rogers like at the front, looking to the side, and like the other guy, the guy talking is in the back, rear. Just the way it's framed and the way it, the shot's composed, you know, it looks like an art film or something. You know, for yeah, a few minutes we're you. talking about horrible Antonio or whatever. A little, bit. yeah, right. of course, right. Antonio, as we always say, of course, <laughs> of course. Uh,
2: quick shout out to like uh, fucking P C P Pete. You know, the guy who's the fucking camera guy. Um.
1: Who, I knew you'd love him. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's the one who punches through the wall. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah. But <laughs> when you when you meet him and he's just got that like oh face and he's yeah. got like a knee. Dude. He's just like
1: well, when, when the first murder happens, he takes off the mask and he's like,
2: "What is happening?" I know <laughs> <laughs> that reaction, it's
1: the best. right? And he's
2: kind of like, yeah, and he's totally he sells like, that. He well. really does. Like, why should I trust you again, man? He's kind of like, uh, like, uh, like the like the goon from Buffalo '66, or you know, what's his name? I don't know. He's just like that yeah. kind of character. You know, it's like, also
1: kind of like he'd wind up in a John Waters thing, like totally. as a minor character too. Or like you a know? Paul
2: Morrissey yeah. thing, maybe I don't know.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
2: like that's yeah. that's what it is. Um, I mean, we got one minute left, and you got anything you want? One fucking minute on uh, Last House on End Street. Take it away, Ben. What do you want to say?
3: Um, I'll leave it up to uh to Watkins. He just um, you know, no, the Watkins producer. He, the line of the film is, "She took me home for a little moist one before the hubby came <laughs> home," <Yeah>. which uh. <laughs> I remember that oh my it's God. the first time i ever heard we started using moist quite a lot after that
2: <laughs> my favorite word moist one all right well um, we can't
1: leave on that moist being no, the last word guys we can't. so what do we got here Sorry. what else
2: we got man anything else
3: um i just want to say that it's still it's a it, it stands the test of time uh, and re-watching it um it obviously didn't have the same impression uh, under psychedelics but it's still yeah, uh, a, a monumental work of its time, and I feel like it's gonna it's gonna continue, and I hope the mysteries continue, and the rumors and the myths, and we hopefully we have added to a little bit of the creation of this mythology.
2: Exactly, same, answer some same. questions. You know, it's a hard movie to see, and you make sure want to try and get. I think there's an awesome Blu-ray release of it out there. It's really kind of cool
1: to see. There it is, anyway. yeah.
2: All right, bang. Uh-huh. That was it. One fucking hour on Last House on Dead End Street. Thank you, Aunt. Um, yeah, man. Real yeah. quick.
0: Thanks, um, guys. I'm glad this you is, could finally make it. This is it's, the perfect oh, film theater. for your
1: uh, premiere at. Uh,
2: it is. It's, it's very amped. It's very ant ant. I had
3: such a great time. You guys are um are, are beautiful hosts, and it was a, it was oh. a real pleasure to spend oh. my um, sunny afternoon with you guys
2: all right <laughs> you, yeah yeah that's right it's you the know. next day we'll, we'll do whatever. it
1: again sometime where you are pelham but,
3: came up yes we'll pelham would oh, be yeah. very Pencil good.
1: that in into the next year pencil you know? pelham i'll definitely will do
2: I'd i've got to. a little
3: I've got a little A little business to do boys so um
2: <laughs> <Uh-oh>. oh no. <laughs> no he's got a film to direct
1: um cue uh the whirling <laughs> drill sound <laughs> i'm yeah. the fucking director yeah there he is <laughs> all right well, uh, Evan. let's take us home uh yeah i i yeah are we Yes,
2: of course. Um, I just want to say real quick before we wrap this up. um, Just next week, if we can talk about next week and you're going to get you're going to love this. Um, So uh, we have a tradition here on one fucking hour and maybe you're going to be part of this um, uh, down the line (laughs) where anytime if you're on the show, if it's your birthday, you get to pick a movie, no notes from the others. It's the most it's a self indulgent film that we would cover under no other circumstances unless it was your birthday. Now, my birthday was back in September, but I decided to sort of postpone so we could get through our last series we were doing, not to derail the momentum of the summer series. So, my birthday episode is going to be next week, and I just want to unveil it here. What the pick is, everybody can get psyched for next (laughs) week. Again, talk (laughs) about a movie that we would never cover under any other circumstances. (laughs) Uh, Get ready, everybody, for Evan's birthday pick, one fucking hour on... The Matrix is what we're going to be oh. talking about next week. So <laughs> get ready. Awesome. Uh, Hell yeah. no! Talk about the hard yards that went into seeing The Matrix uh. back in 1999. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into that movie and how it changed my life. Uh, it sounds. It sounds fun. It's gonna be fun. I mean, hey, it's the fucking Matrix. It sounds right? fun. It's we're the gonna Matrix. get in. Not the get, other two, just the. Matrix. No,
1: of course, of course. This is yeah. we're
2: going so, Matrix One. I just mo- I mostly picked it because I want to hear Tom on the Matrix. I want oh really Tom yeah. soundbites on <laughs> hey, the Matrix.
1: I had a good time. Look, uh, again, we have a whole episode for this, but just all I'm saying is when it when it dropped, it felt yeah. kind of fresh. Dropped I'm, hard. I'm man. not even kidding. You sure. Know? I, I I didn't. I wasn't hating on it. I was no. just like, okay.
2: You know. Yeah, of course. We should all wear our trench coats for next week. Also, uh, Wrap similar. S- yeah, oh, similar God. to Tom on the Matrix. We have because we have the soundbites of Tom on the Force. You know, in our Star Wars episode, like you broke down the force. <laughs> so yeah. I think this is similar. You know, Tom soundbites on the Matrix will be fun to have. Okay. I think just for me. Yeah. That's my Let's birthday see. present. So, okay, right. uh, everybody next gotcha. week, join us one fucking hour on the Matrix. And then we're going to unveil next week uh, along with the Matrix. We're pairing that with a whole month long of uh, films. What's the theme going to be? We'll unveil it next week. So stick a stick a, stick a, stick around. Um, and Ant, good to have you back, man. Um, brother, good to have you welcome on the show. to the fold. Welcome to the fold, brother. Yes, Thanks. and uh, Thanks for appreciate me, guys.
1: your insights on a very special film. Yes, and uh, crazy old Roger. You know, yeah. here's to him. Cheers.
3: R.I.P. Roger. Um, yep.
2: But we have a little tradition on the show, a second tradition, and which is that we can't leave the people. We can't leave them without their mm, moment of Zen. So, all right, everybody. <laughs> That's we'll right. see what that's going to be. But, uh, all right, everybody, have a great rest of your week. And we will see you on. We'll see you in the Matrix, guys. We'll see you in the Matrix. All right, take all right. care. Three, two, one. Take it away. Bye. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I couldn't believe the
0: response. I couldn't believe the message boards go up all over the place. Within a month or two, if you go to Google, there's three or four or five pages sometimes of listings for Last House on Dead Street. I was.
1: I was. I couldn't believe it. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs>
0: That was wicked, man.